0: Who's the sexiest bunny, Easter or Playboy?
1: How do I stop slugs eating my bok choy? When we last spoke to you in "Answer Me This" episode three hundred and forty-nine a month ago,
0: days I'll remember all my
1: life. <laughs> God, that was nice. Just Thanks. carry on. We don't. We don't have to do the chat. <laughs> uh, listener Peter was Lady in... Peter, Lady Paul Peter in Hunter Valley, Australia, had written in about her neighbour who was shooting kangaroos and leaving the rue corpses. To rot.
0: You remember that email listeners it's a memorable moment.
1: And I bet a month later those kangaroos are Still really stay? really ponging. Yeah. But Gina uh, who is also in Australia has written in, Peter said that she had moved Hunter Valley yes. as a tree change, an expression that uh, was new to us. Gina says tree change means to move to the countryside to escape the fast pace of life in the city.
0: Okay well we sort of guess what it meant did. from context. Yeah. Did but she, I did, did
1: wonder whether it was a typo. Right, okay. Gina says it is a version of the word sea change, uh, which means to move to the beach to escape the fast pace of life in the city. That's not how it's used in The Tempest.
0: No, so I was going to say, because I always thought that sea change kind of just meant a change of view or temperament based on the the tempest of the sea.
1: Gina says it is also the title of an extremely popular 90s Australian TV drama, Sea Change, which popularised the idea. Okay. Maybe if you grew up at the beach, if you're the child of the people who did a sea change you need somewhere to escape to which is where the tree change comes in because <sighs> you don't want a sea change to a sea change do you so you have to escape inland to the country
0: i don't know but i'm Looking enjoying blankly. All these words i wonder what else there could be p change when you move to a building with better sanitary conditions or worse yeah knee change <laughs> when uh, you need geriatric surgery
1: uh ski change Ski Where? change, yeah.
0: That's that when you move to the mountains. When you move to the mountains. Now that, that does work. Yeah. When I used to work as a researcher on This Morning, mm-hmm. the word gear change used to be used quite frequently on the autocue. I don't know if this is something they still do, but I imagine it is because nothing at This Morning has fundamentally changed since 1992.
1: And is that when the presenter had to do an extremely sharp tonal shift? Correct. Here's a mouse windsurfing cancer mum
0: yes exactly that yeah so it was it's basically a Richard Madeley prevention device <laughs> it's, it's basically saying Richard you can riff on the autocue all you like but right now you're going into Somalian orphans so don't make a joke about this cucumber looking like a cock that's basically what the, the gear wow. change on the autocue meant
1: we have also another correspondent from Australia Kim from Melbourne Ollie answer me this has the deconstructed coffee reached London? Ah. I sent it over a month ago. <laughs> uh, I'm not familiar with this. Is this Does Kim mean have coffee beans and milk reached London?
0: She's referring to a trend which I guess, like most coffee trends in the last few years, has come from Melbourne, Australia, uh, which is uh, presenting a coffee, even if it's not ordered as a deconstructed coffee. And this is the important point, I think. Oh. This is why there's been the... Uh, uh, Fury, outcry. Exactly, the the outrage.
1: (laughs) Devastation. It's a bit like
0: your food on slates thing. People are Mm. feeling like they're not given the choice here.
1: I bet they can deconstruct coffee and put it on a slate, can't they? I bet they can. Oh, you dip one end of the slate in coffee, the other end in milk. (laughs) Sprinkle a line of sugar down the middle. There you go. Yum, Uh, yum. Some
0: Melbourne coffee houses you go to and there's a chance that when you order a coffee, it will come out on a wooden plank with three little beakers Uh, one is full of frothed milk Mm -hmm. one is a shot of espresso Mm -hmm. and one is hot water and the idea is you mix it yourself
1: interesting bullshit i say it's on the one hand kind of empowering you to make the perfect concentration of coffee for you yes on the other it's forcing you to do a lot of work
0: i suppose like so many food trends it comes from a desire to instagram the food doesn't it It's like, how can we present coffee in a way that someone's going to take a picture of it and put it on Twitter? But the problem is they're going to put it on Twitter with the hashtag twat. (laughs) That's the problem.
1: It's not just about the Instagram moment, Ollie. It happens before that. People are bewitched by a new or beautiful visual presentation of things to eat and drink, aren't they? Uh, So, to be fair, it might just be the novelty that the expensive coffee market needs. And in a couple of years' time, they'll want their coffee... In a polystyrene cup, just as the backlash to this.
0: Maybe. I I mean...
1: Or they'll want it in a super soaker and you fire it into their
0: mouths. (laughs) But most of the trends that are going to kind of catch on internationally do come by London fairly soon after Melbourne. And this one hasn't really mm. arrived I mean it may exist in Shoreditch but essentially it hasn't arrived so I think this is a stupid idea otherwise it would be more common already
1: is it that Londoners are too stingy is it that they don't want you in the coffee shop spending that amount of time they want you to get it. it and
0: leave I think that's it in London isn't it yeah table rent is not worth it's be, it's better for you to just buy your coffee and fuck off
1: if you're getting a takeaway coffee as well do they give you three paper cups
0: <laughs> oh god <laughs> don't get me going on the reusable cups Like this has been my personal kind of bourgeois nightmare in the last couple of weeks actually nightmare because
1: (laughs) worst thing in the world I
0: try and do the right thing and get the reusable cups and actually Starbucks have quite a good one because it's cheap it's only a pound and it's one that you can use I think something like 50 times before you throw it away it's just slightly harder and firmer Mm -hmm. so I was like that's great I'll get one of those and I did and I carried it around with me every day for a week and it just so happened that week I was working in a place that was next door to Starbucks I got my 25% off or whatever it is I was happy the next week, I'm a freelancer. I can't help this. The next week, I was working in a place that was near a Costa.
1: Oh, do you think you can't cross-pollinate? It's not that
0: I can't. It's that I just couldn't bear to have the conversation. I just mm. thought, I know what's going to happen. There'll have to be bants about this. I'll have to get my Starbucks cup out of my bag and ask for a discount at the Costa. And they'll have to say, huh, wrong cup, mate. And I just didn't want to have to have that conversation.
1: It's funny that you think they give a shit. Just buy a third-party cup for say eight pounds. No, that's the obvious solution. Yes, it is. So,
0: but but the problem is, I now have the Starbucks one. So then I'm well, you know if I'm doing it to not use too many cups, I'm then buying a second cup, which is unnecessary. Yeah,
1: but you then got a disposable cup at Costa because of your <sighs> shame. So yes, it would have true. been a better economy to get the brand-agnostic
0: cup. Well, I did. Yes, that would be the best thing. Yeah, and the best thing obviously would be get get an answer me this cup made
1: so oh. that we can be promoting
0: our podcast at the same time as filling up coffee in a variety of different chain and independent shops.
1: Turn the mics off. We're going to go on Cafe Press right now (laughs) when we come back. That will be an available product. You can drink out of something with your own face on. How do you think you will feel going into Costa with (laughs) your own face cup? Do you think that would be more or less embarrassing than going in with Starbucks? That's the banter that
0: I want. Absolutely. Hi, Helen and It's Johnny from Hackney. I was walking past Bank Station. I'm wondering, is Bank Station called Bank Station? Because it's got lots of banks there.
1: Or is that
2: a really stupid question? Yeah, that's a stupid question. Well,
0: not necessarily, because although we all know as Londoners that uh, Bank has a long history of banks, uh, it's maybe the if you Bank you're, of England, isn't it? Yeah, sure, maybe if you're just a visitor to our city, maybe. Oh, sorry, would, yeah, yeah. Then well Johnny
1: from Hackney. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, it's not
1: even that far from probably, Bank Station. He may
0: well have never left Hackney. Could be that you might think the name sort of was reverse engineered and, and then Banks chose to set up in Bank more recently.
1: What does Johnny think happens in Cockfosters, eh?
2: <laughs> be amazing nominative determinism, wouldn't it, if you set up a uh, part of London which was like, I don't know, sports place and then stadiums started appearing.
1: Or he could think it was on a riverbank and then the Thames got silted up so Bank is a bit further away from the river's edge yes. than it used to be Well
2: there is the embankment to the south I guess. Yes
1: exactly
0: and actually I did used to get those sort of semi-dyslexically kind of confused in my head. And there's
2: Bankside which is where in by the Tate, it's not yeah. that far away But
1: no it is named after the Bank of England yes. which And is, you are
2: stupid Johnny which, uh, <laughs> which is literally right there as you come out yeah, of the, ex- in fact, the exit
1: the Bank of England has been on that site since 1734 to the world's 8th oldest bank. It was founded in 1694 Only the 8th oldest? Yeah what's older than that well it's the second oldest central bank after this swedish one and the swedish one is only from 1600s as well so i think it was just the whole economics works differently before that It was quite a complicated story about why they started up the Bank of England to do with a big national debt after a a battle that I had not heard of, that France won. Right. So we don't care about that one very much. (laughs) No, it really was a history's written by the victors once. Two world wars and a national bank. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the station is named after the Bank of England and it opened on the 25th of February, 1900. I was curious to read that Monument Station, which is very near to Bank, Monument Station opened 1884. It was named Eastcheap after the nearby street. But within a month, it was renamed Monument.
2: Mm. What is with that? Well, was the monument there when uh, yes, the, the station
1: was opened. There, and
0: that is what is with that. I mean, sometimes you just get it wrong, don't you?
1: It's, it's impressive to me that they realised they'd made a mistake that quickly.
0: I think North Greenwich. The paint was still wet. Should have been called Dome. I mean, I know Ooh. the Dome is now known as the O2, but that's a corporate Yeah, brand but it's exercise.
1: still a Dome, isn't it? It doesn't it's matter still a the dome. branding.
2: And, and like
0: Millennium Dome was always a bit naff but it Dome. should have been called Dome like I
2: think Millennium Dome's okay you've got Millennium Bridge and Millennium Wheel. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah I, th- I think Quite the problem
1: is it. a lot of people can't remember how many L's and how many N's are in Millennium and it's just a bit of a pain to but spell but for
0: tourists it's a pain as well like because then it has to say North Greenwich for, for the, the O2, O2 arena yeah.
1: Yeah. do you think it was because they wanted to regenerate or even generate the area that is North Greenwich and yeah, so they yeah, had to make it sound a bit like Greenwich that was already pretty spiffy that's true yeah so maybe it was where a- do
0: you live in your spiffy apartment block I live in Dome sounds yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you live in a French restaurant. Or bellend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a question, email your question to Answer me this podcast at Googlemail dot com. Answer me this podcast at Google mail dot com. Answer me this podcast at Google mail dot com.
0: Answer me this podcast at Google, mail dot com. Podcast at google mail dot com. Here's a question from Emma from Washington DC, who says A few years back, as a Christmas present for my husband, I had a portrait of us and our cat done by an artist on Etsy. It's sort of kitschy, continues Emma, so acknowledging that. Yeah, okay. uh, And cartoony, but pleasant, not like what you get at a theme park. That's quite a low bar, I think,
2: for portraiture. (laughs) Oh, like a caricature. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's not as bad as a. Not as bad as a caricature.
1: I like the fact, Martin, that your parents have a caricature of your dad in their kitchen. They've got two. (laughs) Why does he keep? What? Who needs more than one caricature of themselves done in their lifetime? Well, I
0: mean that that question really means who goes on more than one summer holiday, and plenty, you know, it's something to do, <laughs> isn't it? A lot of British holiday resorts. That is all there is to do.
1: Right. I've been on holiday and I've not had a single caricature done, and You've, I feel we'll fine she get about one? it. We'll she get one done. No thanks. I'm fine.
0: Actually, I, I mean, now you have some quite characterful spectacles, you could do a good caricature of you.
1: Yeah, but I probably wouldn't be wearing them on holiday because they're mainly for computer work.
0: Well. Often I find, often like this is oh, a regular occurrence, I'm digging back into personal experience here from when I was seven and mm-hmm. went on holiday every year to a place in Sardinia where there was a resident okay. caricaturist. So
1: often in 1988 in Sardinia. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I found... Can anyone ratify this? <laughs> but when a person was presented to a caricaturist that didn't have any particularly prominent features, they'd often just use the ones that were like their trademark stock features.
1: Well, like making a big nose or a big chin or yeah. something like that.
0: I was quite an ugly 14-year-old. Oh,
1: say it isn't so. But,
0: but can you believe? But at eight, I was, I would say, generic looking. And I've still got the caricature. And, and basically, he put freckles all over my face. And mm. I've never had, nor do I have now, freckles. Oh. So it must have just been like, oh, it's an eight-year-old. Let's give him freckles. Because there's nothing to accentuate on eight-year-old. Or perhaps if you do the big nose, it's, it's like you can't do that to an eight-year-old. I don't know.
2: Mm. What the rules are there?
1: Well, Martin's dad is a caricaturist dream because he has several trademarks: beard, beard, yeah, hat. Think glasses as well sometimes.
2: Yeah, he wears glasses.
1: So once you've got the beard and the hat, there's not that much face left to artificially enlarge mm. in a caricaturous way. You just make his whole head big and his body small, well, and also, you're done.
0: They've drawn Father Christmas before, so it's just that. Yeah. Hat, isn't it? Anyway, Emma continues. Since having this portrait done, we've had a baby who is now one year old. Congrats. We think we may have more children eventually, but these things you can't really know 100% how they will turn out. I'd love to have the same artist represent all members of our eventual family, so Helen answer me this. Should we have a portrait of the one-year-old done now, or should we wait and do all our children when we think we are done having kids?
1: Is she worried that if she leaves it then the artist will have retired from portraiture in ten years or whenever their not-yet-existent kids are out?
0: No, I think this is pure economics this right i think she just doesn't want to spend money now that she might then have to spend again later
1: right so she's thinking do an all children one at the end of their popping out kids phase so that she doesn't have to get individual ones per child and then end up having to get five done uh,
0: yes although to me expensive this is about whether or not you want to immortalize a one-year-old anyway
1: well i quite agree ollie because when you think about it how many paintings are there of one-year-old babies that aren't creepy as fuck? Mm. Or or in pictures of, say, newborn Jesus, he looks like a four-year-old. He does not look like a newborn mm. baby at all. I'm not saying he should have gunk all over his face and a misshapen skull. Just saying he looks like a toddler standing up on Mary's knee with uh, quite well-developed facial structure and golden curls and all of that.
0: Now, without having a sort of massive detour into art history, why is that? Is that because portraiture at that time that had a religious element was about deference to Jesus and making him look sort of better than a baby? Maybe. Or was it, I wonder, that the models that they had to work on, you know, if if you were posing for days for Michelangelo, (laughs) was a four-year-old, not a baby for obvious reasons?
1: Or I wonder... Just thinking back to when we did a question about whether there were any paintings of pregnant Mary, whether they thought that painting a baby was a bit obscene in some Mm. way, or whether they wanted him to look a bit more like he would be capable of miraculous speech. I don't know.
0: It's true, you don't see many portraits of one-year-olds.
1: I remember my brothers once asked me when they had little babies if I would paint them as a present for my mum, and I said no. Uh, Now,
0: I haven't seen all of your artistic work but that which i have is done in quite a sort of faux naive style is that how you would do that for them
1: well i didn't want to because what i find interesting is uh, painting faces that are a bit lived in mm. and also i find it a lot easier if there's bone structure which with a baby they have chubby adorable faces mm. Just take a shitload of photos of a baby, right?
0: That's the other thing I was going to say. I mean, it, being someone who's in possession of a baby, I mean, he's 15 months old now, but still just about baby.
1: And adorable. So uh, I can understand that thanks. you want to look at a picture of him, but...
0: My phone is full of pictures of my son. Yeah. So I sort of don't need... I mean, I know, don't get me wrong, I know that uh, you know visual art that you hang on the mantelpiece is different to a photo, even if you put it in a frame. But if I was going to immortalise a period of his life, mm. I'd probably rather it was one that I hadn't extensively and exhaustively documented anyway.
1: Yes. I think also, even if you wait a few years so the kid is five and Mm. doesn't look like they will as an adult, obviously, but still the portrait artist will be able to capture something of their personality. Yes. Whereas a one-year-old baby, that is harder to discern. Obviously, they do exhibit personality, but it's more tricky for them to show a little glint in their eye, say, or a mischievous facial expression.
0: Although the only sort of official, uh, professionally taken photograph of me that hangs in all of my family, you Uh know, extended family's homes is my sort of official for photo, which my dad was apoplectic about because he was paying for it. He was quite insistent that for my official for photo, i.e. the one that would be given to all my close relatives when they came, um, that I wasn't wearing my religious gear. But at the time, because I'd been brainwashed for two years in, mm-hmm. into this is the ceremony whereby you become a man in the eyes of God, I was taking it quite seriously. And I thought it was the responsible thing to do to to pose as if I was orthodox. So the the photo that hangs in all of my family's homes of me is me looking very awkward age 12 anyway, but like wearing a couple, reading the Bible. Uh, it's not necessarily the most accurate depiction of my character. So you'd look at that picture and assume that they became a devout child. I didn't.
1: Right. So what you're saying is ideally, if you are having any sort of picture of your child for posterity, make it not too specific in Mm. any way give it a kind of timeless quality but then this artist clearly has a strong style of their own so maybe it's kind of irrelevant anyway maybe what your baby looks like
0: i think in any case i think what we're saying is wait
1: i think so the danger of waiting is that if your child is sitting for the portrait artist then a five-year-old won't sit still but then if you're sending off for it on etsy they probably do it for photos anyway yeah exactly
0: also i mean you don't want to wait so long that the hormones kick in and the child hates you. Yeah. That's not the period you want immortalised.
1: Yeah. When my dad sculpted my brothers, they were both, uh, I can't remember, five or eight years old.
0: Yeah. Does it look like them now?
1: Little bit. Yeah. I mean, the hairlines are more generous than uh, reality.
0: Was that, was, was it a good choice, though, to go for that age, do you think?
1: Well, I think if he'd done it when they were adults, then they would have been able to talk back. <laughs> and critique the sculpture as it was happening
0: i think you've said this on the show before yeah. but if it, if you did it was years ago so mm. it's worth asking again no he
1: didn't want to sculpt me that's
0: what i was just about really
1: never even asked maybe he looked at my nhs glasses and thought there is not a substance that i can sculpt with that can express these
0: would you sit for him now if he asked to sculpt you i uh, mean i realise that he's doddery now and it would take him a while
1: yeah that's the thing i can't afford the 18 months <laughs> 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 um No, right. I think I wouldn't, but that's because I don't want a portrait of me to exist. And also I feel like he'd be looking at me in a very critical way, which that was a whole thing in my childhood that I don't want to return to. Right, sure. Yeah, Mm. yeah.
0: Have you ever done a self-portrait? I mean, I guess your comment, there isn't a portrait of me that exists, Uh, suggests you haven't.
1: Yeah, at school we had to do self-portraits made out of strips of newspaper, which I think was an exercise to teach us about using something pre-existing like newsprint in different ways to express light and shade on your own face. Hmm. Well was, done for deducing good. any
0: kind of lesson from art lessons at school. I still don't know what any of those were about.
1: It was a quite good portrait of someone else.
0: Would you, as a couple, like to have a portrait of yourself done?
1: Fuck no. No, but perhaps, perhaps. Fuck no. But
0: perhaps from a, a sort of Etsy style.
1: No. Nope. Crafty. I, we don't even have pictures of ourselves around. There aren't even that many pictures of That's us together, true. are you there? Don't really,
0: do what? Do either of you have as wallpaper on your phone photos of yourself?
1: Uh. Wallpaper on my phone is a picture of Zion National Park in Utah. Wallpaper on my iPad is a manatee.
2: Martin, um, my iPhone is a, a birthday card with swan smoking. And right. uh, my iPad is a glacier in Iceland. Okay, right, so you hate looking at each other. Okay, fine, good. Well. We can look at each other each, all the fucking time. We don't need to be reminded through every electronic uh, item. Well, yes. you don't need to look at us, thankfully, but you
0: can yes, listen to us. that you. is for the best. We
1: chose this medium wisely.
0: <laughs> you can listen to us to your heart's content, especially if your heart is as big as your wallet,
1: uh, <laughs> by buying
0: our archive material.
1: Yes, you can get Answer Me This episodes 1 to 200, along with our albums and... Apps. Apps. And our old best of episodes, I think, if you want just a little taster. That's all at AnswerMeThisStore.com.
0: Yes. And for today's intermission...
1: Here is a little nugget from Answer Me This episode 153
0: hi this phil in stockport helen and ali answer me this in the 1989 roald dahl film the witches in the scene where the grand high witch like the lovely angelica houston is addressing this crowd of being biddies or some of the witches in the crowd actually men because some of them look very
1: very dubious indeed
0: well before we answer that can i just pick you up phil you can't call it a roald dahl film like, the tradition is to name the film after the director so in this case it's a Nicholas Rogue film. What? And I wanted to make Nicholas that point Nicolas Because that's the, the extraordinary thing, Nicholas Rogue. Of
1: Don't Look Now.
0: Of Don't Look Now. And
1: other films.
0: Directed forgotten 90s children's film starring Angelica Houston and some Muppets. The Witches, yes. Most of them were men. And one of them is a cameo by Michael Palin. No. Wow. Yeah, no dialogue, Michael Palin playing a witch in the background of that film.
1: Wow. Fact.
0: Here's a question from Elena. She says, <laughs> more <than> can do. <laughs> I live in the US and occasionally I hear the term citizen's arrest.
1: And it's usually accompanied by someone grabbing my arms <laughs> exactly. and forcing me down onto the pavement. I hope
0: you don't hear it too often, Lena. Uh, usually I hear it in a movie or a TV show. Okay, okay. that's uh, I, terrifying. I am dying to know if citizen's arrest is a real thing or just something made up for movies that acts as a comedic device or to move the plot along. Mm-hmm. And if it was just that, that would be a very hackneyed device, wouldn't it? I mean, it comes up a lot to the idea of the citizen's arrest. Helen, answer me this. If it is a real thing, how does it work?
1: Uh, Well, it works differently in different countries. And in fact, in the USA, it's different from state to state. For instance, in North Carolina, you can't do it. There's not a law there that allows citizen's arrest. OK, but
0: in places where movies are more typically set the West, New well, York City? Can you do it there?
1: Well, I think you can do it in all the states except North Carolina, but different terms and conditions apply. And it is actually really, really complicated. So looking at lots of different countries, citizens arrest technicalities, some countries will allow you to do it to prevent a crime, but in others, the crime has to have happened. And in some, you would have had to seen the crime taking place. So catch the criminal in flagrante delicto and that would be the term legally that is used and the one that people...
0: of course is being used on the streets of San Francisco at the moment it yeah. yeah. it
1: means in blazing offence but I didn't know it in this context I only knew it as a kind of coy sex term in other places you just need to have reasonable suspicion that this crime had taken place and then in some places the crime has to be something for which you would receive a prison sentence I think in Ireland it has to be something for which you would receive a sentence of five or more years so you'd have to have quite a good working knowledge of the legal system but in other places it could just be a minor misdemeanor or a disturbance or creating public affray
0: but what does it permit you to do if you put someone on citizen's right. arrest
1: again it varies from place to place Place, what you have to do, but basically you have to use reasonable force, as in not too much force. And by using the term reasonable, the law is fudging this a bit, but they all recommend you do not cause injury to the person. I think it would be okay to make them lie down and then sit on their back so they can't get away while you call the police. But punching them until they were knocked out, not okay, yeah, not
0: reasonable force. Even without the terminology, citizens' arrest,
1: yeah,
0: that's permissible in most developed countries anyway isn't it like if if someone breaks into my house i'd be allowed to do that anyway okay
1: but here's the problem so you have to say very clearly that you are making a citizen's arrest and the condition has to be that there is not an officer of the law around to do that job for you and then you have to call for one straight away otherwise the problem is that if you do not make it clear that you're doing a citizen's arrest or if you get the wrong person for the crime, or if they haven't committed a crime at all, then you could be... Done for assault. You could be done for assault, you could be done for kidnapping or false imprisonment, yeah. or false arrest.
2: I like the do that they have to specify if there's an officer of the law around you can't do it. Like, you might just kind of step in and go, oh, hang on, officer, I've got this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it can't happen very often.
1: You're advised not to do this. Under most circumstances. So, if there's a chance of you getting hurt, or if there's a chance that you do it and the arrestee then turns it against you and launches a case against you for assault or whatever, then it's a big legal problem for them. So, I think now if you've got a camera phone, the police would mostly prefer that you got as much identifiable footage of the criminal as possible. So, face, voice, height, gait, number plates, all of that, than they would that you went and rugby tackled them and stopped them from getting away. Uh, whilst calling the police.
0: Presumably as well, it's only for certain kinds of crime. I don't think you can citizens arrest someone for fraud, can you? <laughs> or you, if you think about the amount of people who have protested and say you know, maybe they don't always mean it, but say Tony Blair should be arrested for war crimes. I mean, if you went up to Tony Blair and jumped on him, I don't think the police would take a particularly kind view of that.
1: Yeah, but if you caught Tony Blair stealing a precious vase from John Lewis, that would be when a citizen's arrest was appropriate. But yeah, this is what the in flagrante delicto means. So if someone has done years of insurance fraud, say not really appropriate. The
2: police must find this fucking hilarious, though, mustn't they? If someone phones them up and says, I've just made a citizen arrest," It's like the person who tries to take the giant check
0: to NatWest to cash in, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Here's a question from Carl, who says, I'm at the end of a night shift, best place to be in a night shift in my experience, "uh, listening to the shipping forecast on Radio 4. In this day and age of instant live data on a smartphone and most ships having long-range radar... Don't say it, Carl. Don't say it. obvious where you're going with this. Dare you. are going to get angry Archers fans throwing excrement at your car window. Uh, <laughs> Helen, answer me this. Is there a real need for the shipping forecast? He said oh, it. Oh, no, you he didn't. He went there. Uh, are there really any sailors who tune in at 5.15 to get their weather fixed?
1: It's on four times a day, Carl.
0: Or is it just a tradition which the BBC can't drop? I do like the shipping forecast. It's almost like a poem, but is it needed anymore?
1: Well, I mean, the poem is part of the need because the BBC acknowledge that far more people who don't need the shipping forecast listen to the shipping mm. forecast. It's on just before Radio 4 switches over to the World Service at 1am. So for a lot of people, they can't get to sleep without hearing rain, moderate or good, mm. dogger bank, millibars, you know, that kind of stuff. In 1995, uh, the BBC shifted the late-night broadcast, by 12 minutes. And there were debates in Parliament. There was newspaper fury. There were petitions. The BBC backed down. Can you imagine what fury would happen if they got rid of it? And also, it's such a British thing. I think because we're a smallish island therefore surrounded by water and with a very significant maritime history hmm. and everyone is near enough to the coast to be able to identify with it. I read something saying that in Britain you're never more than 75 miles away from a piece of coast.
0: Yeah you're never more than 75 miles away from a dimblebee making a documentary about the coast <laughs> <laughs> at any given time.
1: And, and it's been on the BBC since 1925. Yeah. I doubt it's the most expensive few minutes that they have.
0: I don't think they pay very much for it because it's made by... It's not the Met Office, is it? It's. I don't want to get into the tedious detail. No, but I'm It's sorry. made by the Department of, you know, Waves and Fish and Shit. Ships and shit. And, ships and, uh, shit. <laughs> and so the BBC just rebroadcast it. It exists anyway, whether Radio 4 broadcast it or not.
1: Well, it certainly used to. Um, initially, it was the post office making it from about 1911, and it was called The Weather Shipping, and eventually the BBC took it over in, in 1925. But the reason why they still have it, as well as the cult devotion to it and the fact that it's like this incomprehensible beat poem, mm. is that even though the ships might have internet and uh, radar and whatnot, it is what they check their data against it's also quite plausible that you go through areas where your internet doesn't work or your radar doesn't work you know or or you're on a small boat and uh, and if you're using your eyes and hands to drive the boat or whatever verb you do to a boat i'm I'm sorry (laughs) i'm probably incorrect then you might not be able to get on your phone and check Mm. and i've been to a lot of coastal towns where you'd be extremely fucking lucky to be able to get any internet working
0: especially off coast in the rain yeah with a touch screen
1: I don't know if you've ever helped your mum build a website It is the kind of torment from which there is no respite If she asks, what's a widget again? I will kill her with a rusty spike Or a brick, or a spade, or a chainsaw But
0: Squarespace is so easy, even your mum can use it She can drag and drop and cut and paste, that's all there is to it So Helen, put that spike down, I beg you For Christ's sake, don't do it Sorry mum Thank you to Squarespace for their sponsorship, their patronage of this episode of Answer Me This.
1: And if you're out there and you've got an idea that you've been gestating for a while and you think, one day, one day mm. I'm going to make this idea into a website. You can turn your idea into a website very easily with Squarespace. Because, so easily. Because they have all these simple tools and uh, smashingly designed templates. So easy. And you, could, uh, you could do it
0: if you've just been recently hit on the head with a frying pan. You'd still be able to find your way around squarespace.com.
2: Like Spider-Man.
1: A Spider Man being hit in a head with a frying pan, Spider and that's Man. why he wakes up with frying pan characteristics.
2: <laughs> Spider Man, Spider Man hitting the face with a frying pan. That's where it goes. I don't know. Are you. He fries I, I, an
1: egg, he's Spider Man. <laughs> Does everything a frying pan can. I mean, a, a, a
0: modern day superhero, if they were just setting up their alternative persona, would certainly use Squarespace to quickly, efficiently, and easily create a beautiful website. Yeah,
1: or sell merch about themselves. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you can set up a store as well on Squarespace. Mm. And so have a play around with their two week free trial. And then if you like what you've done and you want to keep it, and you want to get a URL thrown in with the Squarespace service, then when you sign up for a year, you can get 10% off if you use the code ANSWER. Answer. Here's a question from Stuart in Swindon who says, Ollie, answer me this. Can you please tell me why cheddar cheese is not a protected food like Stilton cheese or Parma ham or Cornish pasties? Cheddar Cheese is from a distinct area, Cheddar, It is, yeah, Somerset, mm. and has a nice history. place. Yeah. We've been. We have been. And it has a history there in Cheddar, Somerset. Mm. Also, why do the blessed cheesemakers from other parts of the world use cheddar to name their own cheese?
0: Because of its notoriety What's and so taste. What's so
1: special about cheddar anyway? It's nice. to Is it because it goes melty and isn't too crumbly? Partly. How funny a name is Wookiee Hole as well in Cheddar in Somerset?
0: Yeah, that is a funny name, although Stuart and Swindon is also a funny name because it's alliterative. It mean, oh. depends where you are in the world, doesn't it?
1: Wookie Hole, so that is the specific outpost of Cheddar in Somerset where the classic cheddar cheese is from, isn't it? We did go.
0: We did, yes. AnswerMeThisPodcast.com slash Britain. You can see our trip to investigate the various <laughs> different cheesy places of Britain. Our second <laughs> stop on the journey uh, is to Cheddar Gorge. Yes. And we saw some West Country farmhouse cheddar being made.
1: I can't remember much about it. I remember it being a very pretty gorge and we went into a cave where you can see all of the cave-aged cheddar cave-aging.
0: But the reason that it's West Farmhouse Cheddar that's made there in cheddar rather than cheddar mm-hmm. uh, is because West Farmhouse Cheddar is protected. West Country Farmhouse Cheddar, that's the name that's the protected name.
1: Okay, And the reason, even f- though that's not in a farmhouse, it's in a cave.
0: Yeah, it's just a style of cheddar that has to be produced in a particular way. Through the process of cheddaring, uh, which is... Uh, Stacking and turning slabs of curd to facilitate drainage. i tell you what, the more you read about cheese making, the, the less you want to eat cheese.
1: It's like sausages. You just don't want to know. <laughs> exactly. Just eat it and do not think about it.
0: Drainage is not a word you want to think about when you're choosing your favourite cheese. Um, but anyway, the cheddar that has been cheddared is called West Country Farmhouse Cheddar, and that's protected. And the reason that cheddar isn't a protected name is simply because it's so old that um, it caught on in popularity all around the world well before anyone had the idea to protect something by region.
1: I don't think cheddar is a cheese with many exceptional characteristics, maybe because it's so ubiquitous now that to me it is the generic cheese and then more exciting cheeses deviate from cheddar. But is it not an honorific that cheddar is such a successful cheese that cheddar made not in Cheddar Somerset is also called cheddar? And furthermore (laughs) If cheddar Even if cheddar was protected Could you not Write on your block of Cheese Not made in Cheddar Somerset Cheddar in big letters Tiny asterisk Style cheese
0: Actually no If it's protected You can't You can't call Feta style cheese Feta style cheese For example You have to call it uh, Crumbly goat's cheese Or whatever Or salad cheese So yeah That is the benefit Of being protected But Mm. uh, yeah Like I say Many centuries after Cheddar caught on
1: (sighs) Well there goes my plan (laughs) Of making fake feta
0: (laughs) Here's another cheesy question from David in Camden, who's age 51 and 11.4 months.
1: Oh, maybe since he sent us this question, he's turned 52. Yeah,
0: he probably has, actually. It was a while ago.
1: Happy birthday to you.
0: <laughs> have some cheese for you. Uh, he says, <laughs> Helen, answer me this. Why do we have a cheese board on a dessert menu? I suppose it means why is it dessert rather than a starter as it sometimes is in other European countries or even a main okay. course?
1: Well that's quite easy to answer because Good. Uh, cheese all day. <laughs> Because cheese I have yeah. talked about cheese all day. Because mm. cheese is such a strong flavour that it would kill your palate for the rest of the meal. Ah. And also eating cheese at the very end of the meal is thought to be better for your teeth. A lot of food that you would have just eaten is acidic, but the cheese is alkaline, and so it's thought that it slightly neutralizes the destruction of your teeth.
2: But some people eat cheese. Uh, before they eat dessert don't the they? french yes that's weird although well, actually they
1: would say the british habit of having dessert then cheese is weird yeah I, I... although i think they used to also be the savory course so maybe the cheese course is somewhat harkening back to that but the french got the order of their courses from russia because for a while russian customs were very very fashionable in france and in russia it was thought that the sweet food would kill your palate so you had to have the cheese first so you'd appreciate it more uh-huh so i think the cheese would kill your palate the Russians thought the dessert would kill your palate.
0: It hasn't caught on everywhere. I mean, in Spain, you get cheese tapas, don't you? So that's sort of like a starter, sort of like a main course.
1: I think probably you get a whole course in places like France and Britain because we have hundreds of cheeses and it's a celebration of them and you might have runny cheeses and blue cheeses yeah. and hard cheeses. But there are other countries which might not have a good uh, cheesemaking climate. So hungry for cheese now. Yeah, Has me too. About anything, Let's like, go out like, now and have a, I go. Have a whole meal of cheese. The Frenchman, Briat Savarin, said... A meal without cheese, is a beautiful woman with an eye missing.
2: More yeah. like Hannah in Kill uh, Bill or Gabrielle. I
1: don't think she had an eye missing. I think she just had an eye problem.
2: Well, she was like a beautiful woman. She with
1: was. She is a, she's a be- she is a beautiful woman yeah. with one eye concealed. This analogy is suggesting that women with an eye missing can't be beautiful, which they why
2: can. Why do Why do people who like cheese have to be so ableist?
1: That's a very good point, Martin. Well, yeah. Why do
2: French people make everything about sex <laughs> <laughs> or cheese? Well, yeah, British people make everything about cheese. <laughs>
1: Here's a question from Helen from Hertfordshire, who says, I recently entered a competition to win a year's supply of Wheatabix. Who wouldn't? Me.
0: Someone who's wheat intolerant.
1: Sadly, she says, I was unsuccessful.
0: Curse you, God.
1: But it did lead to a discussion at work about how a company would actually send you a year's supply of something. Okay. Ollie, answered me this. Would they send you vouchers for their products so you could buy them at your leisure? Or would they post you a box monthly? Or, in the Wheatabix example, possibly two Weetabix daily?
0: <laughs> just through your letterbox.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the Wheatabix man's come again. <laughs>
0: um, well, I, I mean, the generic advice when it comes to this year's supply of type competition mm-hmm. is look at the small print and it will tell you exactly how that will be delivered to you.
1: Yes, because if you ate 20 Weetabix a day, they probably wouldn't cater to your Wheatabix appetite.
0: Yeah, that's right. So th- there is no legal definition of a year's supply. So it is actually, you know, part of the law of offering a, a prize like this that uh, the year's supply has to be accompanied by a disclaimer at the point that you enter the competition, mm-hmm. saying what that is and how you'd get it. Uh, so in the case of Ben & Jerry's, by the way, how many, how many pints of Ben & Jerry's do you think they classify as a year's supply?
1: The fact that you're asking makes me think you just get 12. But maybe it's something outstanding, like 300. Is it
0: 50? Martin's right, it's 52. One a okay. week. Oh, okay. Well, that,
1: that is That's probably... quite healthy,
0: actually. It's That's quite responsible. That for, for a Ben & Jerry's fan... That's a sensible amount, isn't it?
1: But do you get them all at once? Because who has a freezer, <laughs> a domestic freezer, that can cope with 52 ice creams Correct. at the beginning of your year?
0: So in the case of Ben and Jerry's, no, you get the voucher, as Helen suggests.
1: Because also they introduce new flavours a lot. And you don't want to commit at the start of the year, just in case they come up with something.
0: So with the Weetabix competition, I found this competition that oh. you entered, Helen, online, even though it's closed. And I saw the terms and conditions. They were going to send you, had you one? 52 boxes of Weetabix. So again, using the Ben and Jerry's matrix there. You know, you like your Weetabix, Mm -hmm. that's a packet a week. Let's not go crazy. And I think they would send them all at once. So, I mean, that is tricky because... Where are you going to
1: put all that Weetabix? Well, you
0: see, I'd put them in my garage,
2: but that attracts rats.
1: Or Mm. you could build a shed out of the Weetabix because they're hard like bricks.
2: You could insulate your house like the straw bell Mm. things.
1: My brother Andy used to eat a heroic amount of Weetabix. And I remember he once ate... I think 48 in a week in order to get a free Captain Scarlet figure that was vouch- <laughs> vouchers on the box he wasn't even that into Captain Scarlet I think he just set himself a goal and right. achieved it I didn't
2: realise the Mr. On's chief weapon was constipation
0: <laughs> I also didn't realise that you actually literally had to eat what was in the box to be able to tear out the voucher and take it to the supermarket
1: he didn't want to win that Captain Scarlet on false premises I guess
0: if you got a question answer, this podcast
1: to Google, Scooby. Answer me this podcast at Google Mail dot com. If you really have the phone, 0208 step But If you're up with the time, answer me this podcast at Google Mail dot com. So ask your question to Helen and Ali, Martin and Salman, or the Terry to be me this podcast to Google, Here's a question from Susie in Melbourne, Australia, who says... My friend asked me to mind her axolotl for a few months while she went back home to visit family.
0: You know, last month it was roo-shooting, this month it's axolotls. This is like some of Australia
1: has thrilling wildlife.
0: <laughs> okay, After- weird Australian animal of the month, okay.
1: After about six months, it became apparent my friend was not returning to Australia... In this time, I was becoming quite tired of the axolotl. In order to feed them, you need to drop the food directly onto their heads, as they're blind. Well,
0: that sounds fun. If anything, that's less boring than feeding other animals.
1: Being quite uncoordinated, I kept missing his head and getting frustrated. Then the water would be putrid because of all the food floating around in it, and changing it was quite disgusting and time-consuming. Plus... Axolotls are slimy and gross, kind of like a prehistoric penis fish. I
0: suppose that's why I was never given one as a child.
1: Because you weren't allowed slimy and gross pets, only fluffy and cute pets?
0: Uh, I guess.
1: Susie says, I was hoping the axolotl would die soon so we could use the tank for more pretty and less demanding fish, but alas, he kept living. I got my friend's permission to give him away to someone more enamoured of axolotls, but decided to try selling him online. Within a few hours, he was taken. Mm -hmm. Someone swiped right on the axolotl. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Ollie, answer me this. Am I morally obliged to offer my friend the money or should I keep it as an axolotl babysitting fee?
0: Okay. Um, well, I, I think you need to ask her, not us, obviously. I well, mean, I if you ask
1: someone, am I morally obliged to give you money, they'll automatically think, well, there's a moral issue here.
0: No, well, yeah, but you don't put it like that. You say, since I've been looking after the axolotl for the last six months, I presume it's okay if I keep the money having sold it online, but no worries if you'd like me to transfer you some of it.
1: Right, I was thinking it's okay not to tell her that you sold rather than gave away the axolotl, since she's oh, evidently ascribed no financial value to it because she said you could give it away. And But then you've why been... not
0: tell her and then do the noble thing and have told her?
1: Well, I don't think it's that noble just to tell her because... Susie has been stuck axolotl minding for months maybe paying for the axolotl's upkeep. I think
0: it depends what kind of money we're talking about, doesn't it? And we don't know okay, that. Okay, yes. Okay. If it's 500 thinking, pounds, it does get to a point where you're like, mm, I should really tell her that this is happening."
1: I, I don't know how much an axolotl's no, that's, worth, that's, but I'm issue. guessing if it's 20 quid, fine, okay. If it's like 100 Australian dollars, I would just keep it. Because also, if your friends abroad, then the exchange rate is going to take out most of their share of that. But if an axolotl is worth a 1000 Australian dollars, then I think you have to go halves.
0: And presumably you have been paying food and vet bills as well.
1: Uh, Who knows who's paying for the food that gets dropped onto the axolotl's head. And you've been doing tank cleaning because it's putrid and gross. You've been doing all this upkeep for no emotional reward because it's an axolotl.
0: Also, you've done the listing of the creature online. Your friend has access to the internet, presumably, wherever she is.
1: She could have sold him before she went away.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or she could have supervised the selling of him while she was away. She's chosen not to do that. Mm I think you're on relatively safe ground, but I just—I guess where we disagree is I would just tell her, but present it as a fait accompli almost. And you'd, you'd say, "Don't tell her at all." Martin's just found an axolotl for sale online. How much is it, Martin? Uh, Seven pounds fifty. Right. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell her. Seven pounds fifty. I mean, it's not even worth
2: sending a question. in. That's, unless that's just a picture of one. See, wasting our time, Susie. <laughs> oh no, that's a—it's a—that's a journal. Sorry. Right. What costs more?
1: Left. A journal with a picture of an axolotl <laughs> on the cover or an axolotl? There's
2: one for like twenty dollars here. Right. Five, so it's not—it's not, it's not going to be that expensive. Okay.
0: Yeah, chill out, it's easy. It's fine. Yeah. At least you haven't got kangaroos decomposing on your lawn. Well, we don't know. That's true.
2: Yeah, maybe she just didn't mention it. $35.
1: For an axol- Australian yeah, dollars? The
2: thing, well, the thing I was looking at before was a, was a model of an axolotl. An actual axolotl uh, in the US <laughs> is 35 American dollars. Right.
0: It's not a significant enough amount of money to worry about, so uh, Right. there we go. Good to know. Great.
1: Well, it hurts for us to part from you, listeners, but we will be back with a fresh Answer Me This on the first Thursday of May.
0: We certainly will.
1: However, you need to supply questions for that, don't you? Yes, you, you know do. The
0: Otherwise, we'll have nothing to talk about.
1: It'll just be white noise.
0: And the uh, that's a better name for the podcast actually. <laughs> white noise is a good name for a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's probably been taken. Three white people talking shit. <laughs> and all the contact details you can use to get in touch with us with that question can be found on our website, AnswerMeThisPodcast.com Answer this And if you want to fill your ears with a free audio book. Courtesy of our friends at Audible, all you need to do is go to slash audible.
1: And uh, if you want to survey some of our other work, I'm doing a live show on the 14th of April in Los Angeles with. uh,
0: Yeah, it's going to be a uh, burlesque show with
1: Roman Mars (laughs) of uh, 99% Invisible. We're doing a show together called 99% Allusional because we've combined our two shows.
0: And go on, tell them.
1: And, yeah. uh, and then shortly after that I am doing This is actually
0: exciting listeners to so listen to this It's
1: pretty weird yeah. I'm doing Ted the clarify mo- that otherwise so people would be like, Super Does Ted, Ted no. Yeah. I'm, do- I'm doing a talk at, Super Ted. at, at the Ted co- at the mother Ted the
0: actual Ted conference. So, the when people actual... say, oh, I'm doing a Ted talk, they're usually doing a talk in their local town hall. You're actually doing the Ted thing, I'm
1: doing the Ted, the Mr. Ted, Ted. Right. Sir yeah. Ted B- a lot, Big Ted, Captain Ted, <laughs> Tedist of Ted's. And
0: uh, so, I, I get a bit lost with Ted. Will that get podcasted or put on YouTube immediately? Or it could,
1: could be both. I don't think it's immediate, I think no. they like to spread them out.
0: Right, uh, so at some point, Helen will be on TED on whatever device you well, use to engage with TED.
1: Unless I'm absolutely shit, uh, in which case they <laughs> probably won't put that video up.
0: Anyway, that's exciting. There's also your normal, well, not normal, what's the right word? Your regular podcast, yeah, The Illusionist. The
1: Illusionist. Uh,
0: and I have a regular podcast as well. It's it's weekly, like my sex life. Like your bowel movement. Uh, weekly. <laughs> uh, uh modern one, one, one of those is a true statement uh modern man ma pun on my name uh it is a weekly magazine show about sex and trends and amazing life stories
1: did you think of the show after you thought of the name
0: yes if you subscribe right now you will hear my interview with a woman whose ex was leading a double life mm. and uh, britain's top amy winehouse impersonator what? and also i think the most answer me this style interview that i've done which is a chat with the man who invented Baileys, the drink. Oh. So if you wonder, where did Baileys come from? Did
1: he just think, oh, put some booze and some cream together, job done, yes. off to lunch?
0: Yes. Full story at The Modern Man, modernman.co.uk. Martin. Songbysongpodcast.com.
1: Yeah, you can hear all of our work. But of course, do return to Answer Me This for the retro episode halfway through the month and then for a brand new episode on the first Thursday of next month.
0: Yes, and if you would like to donate to the show for no reason other than... Ollie's
1: Baby Needs Shoes. Big heart <laughs> Reasons and like deep that.
0: pockets. Uh, then all you need to do is go to paypal.me slash answer me this mm. thanks
1: any other business?
0: no that, that really is literally all our business if our accountants are listening we've just documented it all there so just uh, work, work with that as your template for the uh, 16, 17 years it's just come to an end
1: thanks Perry Yep. <laughs> right, shout out to my accountant <laughs> <laughs> okay great uh, right bye, bye.